Hello, and welcome to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Bryant the Boom Corgan, joined, as always, by the diabetic Dynamo himself. And That's Brendan, me. the producer, Pika, is taking the day off. So, Andrew, it is you and me. The inmates Just are running us. the asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how this is, uh, is going to go without Brendan. He likes to... He keeps us in control, so... Well, and he's the tiebreaker. episode. He is yeah, the tiebreaker, so and, uh, there's not going to be... We're just going to be butting heads, and there's not going to be any any agreement so we'll see how this goes i mean the important thing is that you know our audience knows that i'm right a majority of the time Uh, so as evidence of last year's game predictor series so i mean i'll I'll let that track record different itself so different than player (laughs) predictions though i guess we should probably let them know what we're doing (laughs) yes that would be good (laughs) before we start arguing uh today andrew you and i are breaking down each eight players we are hyped for and eight players we are avoiding or uh, a little a little more down on than the consensus so industry standard. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty excited. So, you know, nothing too yeah. in-depth, nothing too crazy. Just kind of some, some gut feelings and kind mm-hmm. of kind of how we're feeling about these players overall. So once again, yeah. things can change, certainly. But after the draft, this is just kind of our first our first batch of analysis we're putting out mm-hmm. there. So I'm expecting some heated debates. Uh, and what we're going to do, There's Andrew, I'll go debates. through yeah. eight people I'm yeah. hyped for. You'll go mm-hmm. through eight people you're hyped for. And then yep. we'll go eight people I'm less excited for and eight people you are less excited for. There so you go. keeping it consistent. And I will go first because I feel like I'm bringing the fire. The person the fire, I'm most dude. excited about for this upcoming season is Joe Mixon. You know, he's a player that, you know, he's been in the league for four years you know, he's been on that cusp of RB1 greatness and just hasn't achieved it between bad teams uh, and injuries. Well, you know, there's finally a glimmer of hope last season with Joe Burrow. Uh, and then Joe Burrow went down. But up until Burrow went down, Mixon was having a really, really solid year, uh, getting a ton of work, a ton of opportunities, and his offense was showing sparks of life. Uh, the greatest handicap they have is a bad O-line. Well, going into the season, their first round pick from last year is healthy. He's going to be coming back. Mm-hmm. They worked in upgrading their offensive line, and they drafted a game-breaking wide receiver, which should open things up in the passing game, which should make defenses think twice about trying to stop Mixon. So another ex- year of experience, Burrow, this offense is going to take a step forward. Uh, this O-line's getting better. And even better than that, Gio Bernard is gone. It is the Joe Mixon show. He is going to be the pass catcher and the rusher. It's kind of a perfect storm. And, it, and I guess the best part is a terrible defense. So it it's really the, should yeah, be a great. Yeah. So it really should be a just a perfect storm for Joe Mixon to really show what he can do. Now, people are pretty sour on him after these last couple seasons. And if he can mm-hmm. stay healthy, you know, he's one of those people that can finish as the RB1. You know, if he's getting the workload, he's got the talent. You know, would I expect it? No, but I feel very confident he can be a top five running back and it wouldn't be all that shocking for me this season. Wow. So where do you realistically, I know you said he's capable of being top five. Realistically, where would you put him? Top 10, top 15? Yeah, for me, he's a top 12 running back. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, I can list people I have ahead of him for sure, but you know, he's top 12. You know, I'll have to sit down and put it out. Interesting. But, you know, obviously Saquon is ahead of him. Yeah. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, I have ahead of him. But, mm. you know, he's he's in that top 12. But, you know, he has that workload. So, you know, he, I can see him finishing as RB1, between RB1 and RB5. Um, it's just, wow. can he stay healthy? I think that's the only thing in his path. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big concern. Uh, you're a little bit more high on him than than I am. I, I'm not going to disagree with you that that you shouldn't you know hype up Mixon. Mixon is going theoretically should be really good this season. I just have him as that that fringe RB one. I kind of have him in in the top fifteen. I wouldn't say top twelve. I got him around fifteen, sixteen, seventeen rankings. Yeah, which pe- will change heading oh, into the course. season. And, so and people we'll make are our official him. list. Uh, and mm. I really do see him as one of those kind of lottery type players where. Yeah. You know, people are going to be sleeping on him. And if he hits right, he could be 
you know, the this year's David Montgomery, who just yep. kind of fades away and all of a sudden slam. He is an absolute Bam. monster for your team. Mm-hmm. So I think he is the type of player that can make a fantasy championship. If things hit right, Joe Mixon to yeah. the moon. Uh, awesome. Next up, so he's currently ranked 12th and you agree with that. Yeah, I would say top 12 and okay. you know, I'm sure he'll be a little bit higher once yep. I actually rank the other running backs. I agree. I'm with you there. That's uh, a good one. Someone else I'm excited about. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. Uh, as a Packer fan, you know, this one's a little frustrating, but you know, I'm a sucker for drama. I love chaos. I love drama. I love pettiness. Uh, and all of that is coming from Green Bay uh, this offseason. No matter what happens, uh, if Aaron Rodgers goes, that is the most monumental fantasy football implication I have ever, ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it immediately destroys all the Green Bay skill players. Devontae Adams goes from the wide receiver one to who knows? I mean, that's a weird hypothetical. Yeah, well, depends on who the quarterback is. If it's Blake Bortles, then he <laughs> yeah, drops very this guy's low. the limit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if he goes to, let's just say the Broncos, which seem to be the front runner for him. Yeah. Uh, Cortland Sutton could, he could be a top 10 wide receiver. Easy. He could be top 10. I mean, he yeah, could be the new Devonte Adams. And, and I don't think yep. that's hyperbolic because I love Devonte Adams, but I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers made him who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited Found. for that situation to play out. That would really shift all of football and that would really change yep. a lot of things. So, that's something I'm excited for. I always love kind of that that upset. Yeah. Uh, and I think Aaron like Rodgers could bring that. He could bring a lackluster squad to new heights. Um, so if he does get yeah. traded, man, that will be exciting to see what the implications are. Oh, and the most mouthwatering option is Denver. Holy crap. Oh, absolutely. With all those weapons. I mean, and the bad defense. Perfect. It's like what we were talking about with Mixon. It's that perfect storm. So... As a Vikings fan, I love Rodgers. Uh, I love his Rodgers drama. I love him not potentially not being on the Packers. And it's just it's just fun seeing a big name player jump ship, you know, like Tom Brady last year. Like, it's just exciting to see where he's going to go, if he's going to go anywhere and the fantasy implications. So I agree with you there. No more. No disagreements yet. It's a good one. Uh, and that ties in that Aaron Rodgers to Denver Broncos kind of ties in with my next two players, Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, skill players for the Broncos. I'm going to treat it as though Aaron Rodgers will not be going to the Broncos, but obviously mm-hmm. this changes if he does. But Cortland Sutton coming off of a injury plagued season, uh, people kind of forget he was a breakout star two seasons ago. Yep. He really yep. has. He's a complete package. He's big, a big bodied receiver makes those contested catches is a beast after the run or a beast after the catch. Rather, uh, he really is a really complete wide receiver who is coming into his own uh, before the injuries really took him out last season. Um, you know, I think there is a, a embedded discount here in Sutton. People are nervous of him coming off of his recovery. Uh, and also, mm-hmm. I don't think they remember how good he was when he was playing. So of course the quarterback situation sucks. Drew Locke, it's just a travesty. Um, that would have sucked back then, too. It sucked in 2019. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was Flacco and Locke. Right. So, and now with Jerry Judy in the mix, Noah Fant coming into his own, that should open more things up for uh, Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton. And I think I think he's a pretty huge value right now. And I think he's going to remind people pretty quickly how good he is. And with regards to Noah Fant, you know, he is, and I know people are super excited about Kyle Pitts this year. There was a time when Noah Fant was, you know, not seen as the same level of generational talent, but, you know, he was that elite, only once in a while type of tight end that Mm -hmm. people were so excited for. I mean, he was the first tight end taken in his draft, uh, and and he was really selected to be that stud. Uh, I think this is his third or fourth season. Uh, He's had, you know, tight ends typically take a while to get acclimated. I think this is Noah Fant's breakout year. We saw a little bit of it last season. He led the Broncos in receiving. He, he's basically another wide receiver. That's he's not crazy. a very good blocker, and he really does everything really well. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. Assuming Drew Locke does not get any worse, I really think Noah Fant can take a step forward. Uh, he struggled yep. with injuries this past season as well. 
But really, in this tight end landscape, it does not take much to be top 10. And I think Noah Fant has he has a skill to be the number one overall. But I think in this offense, I think there's a legit chance he's he's top eight. Um, and really, the sky's the limit. He is that big play kind of tight end. And that's what I'm looking for in a tight end is that basically just big body wide receiver. Yeah, the, that's the perfect build. I, I agree with you there on Noah Fant. I mean, he finished eighth last year. And that's with the injuries that you talked about. And that's under Drew Locke. And the only thing that it, the the thing that would make him even better, he can reach the top five if he just had more touchdowns. If they upgrade their quarterback, that is, that's going to happen. So Noah fan can definitely be a top five quarterback or top, top top five tight end. (laughs) If they get a better quarterback or if Drew Locke somehow steps it up or Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know what the situation is going to be, but, I mean, at worst, I mean, Fant, he finished eighth last year. So a repeat of this, that's pretty good. So I, I agree with you on Fant. I agree with you on Sutton. So, wow. Yeah, we got, yes. we got some good ones here. So far, so good. Uh, so far, so good. And I'll stick with the tight end theme. Uh, next up for okay. me is Dallas Goddard. Uh, yeah. I strongly, strongly believe Ertz will be off the Eagles roster before the season starts either traded or let go, uh, which leaves Dallas Goddard as the tight end one for this team. We saw it last season in the previous season when Ertz is not on the field. Dallas Goddard is a beast. He is more than what Zach Ertz was. And when Zach Ertz was in his prime, you know, he was the top three tight end. So I, I really think, you know, Dallas Goddard, we've seen it when he plays. He is a game changer. I mean, he gets the tight ends, he gets the receiving yards, he has the trust, um, at mm-hmm. least of the last quarterback. I'm not exactly sure what it'll look like with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, this will be a very different offense. You know, it's a new coaching staff. But when they really sit down and look at what weapons do we have, it's their newly acquired Devonta Smith, who's not a very big guy. You know, I don't, I don't think that takes away from Devonta Smith, but I think that changes you know, kind of how you use him. Uh, Dallas mm-hmm. Goddard is a big dude, and I think he will be the red zone option uh, for this Eagles team. And when, with the defenses needing to focus on Jalen Hurts' rushing ability, that should open things up for the tight end. So I really think Goddard could be the steal. I think he could be the next Darren Waller type player who kind of comes out of nowhere and crushes it. You know, he's very similar body type to Mark Andrews. It would not surprise me if Dallas Goddard takes that leap forward and I think he's a better player than Mark Andrews. Ooh, you know, I, I don't. Okay. I wouldn't say he's better than Darren Waller, uh, but you know, I think he's right up there with that class. And right now, he's kind of on the outside looking in as far as that elite tier of tight ends. Man, I, I'm buying him this season. I really think this is going to be the last season you can get him at a, at a discount because we've seen glimpses of greatness. He just hasn't had yeah. the full time opportunity. Week one so, of last year. Week yeah, one of last yeah. year. He 100, 101 yards and a TD. Yeah, great. truly, that's Without amazing Ertz. for it. I mean, that basically makes you a top 10 tight end, even if you do nothing else the rest of the year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it, that one performance, the, the injuries. Yeah, the injuries held him back, missed five games last season. But uh, when you look at week 14 and on when Jalen Hurts took over the starting role, Goddard, he he didn't take a step down, which is a promising sign. He didn't really step up. He averaged about 40 yards per game and four receptions with six targets, which is fine when you throw in a rookie quarterback in his first couple games in the NFL. So uh, a full offseason to to work with him, not to mention him taking over as the number one uh, over Zach Ertz. I think that, yeah, he, he's got tremendous upside. I wanted to put uh, Dallas got her down, but you, you took him from me. So <laughs> I, I think this is the player that I agree with you the most out of any player you've listed so far. Completely agree with Dallas Goddard. He's going to be a tremendous value uh, in drafts. Yeah. And, and I truly think, you know, Noah Fant and Dallas Goddard this year is what Darren Waller and Mark Andrews were two years ago. You know, I think they're going to be the breakout stars That's of this good. season. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. My next person i'm excited about is cam acres yeah this one's a little risky is, uh, uh yep. and andrew this one's a little close to your heart because this is where we disagree uh i traded james robinson and yeah. brandon cooks to you 
yep. uh, for yep. Cam Akers. Yes. I am extraordinarily excited for Cam Akers. Uh, one, because we should he's say, talented. first of all, first of all, this was pre NFL. <laughs> Just wanted to point yes, that out. It was. Yes, that was pre. Uh, I, I'm not, I wasn't that big of an idiot. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, Cam Akers, here's why I'm excited. Last season, when he did finally win over that opportunity to be the workhorse, he delivered in a huge, huge way. He was not just a pretty good running back. He was a dominant running back when he got that full opportunity. Mm. We saw him just destroy opposing defenses when he was the guy. Um, so we know he can do it. And this is a new look team. You know, they have a good offensive line. Uh, Shanahan, he gets value out of his running backs. You don't always know who it's going to be, but when he has his guy, they crush. You know, you remember Todd Gurley and his prime. Uh, I yep. think Todd Gurley in his prime was a better running back than Cam Akers. But if you can yep. get 80, 85% of peak Todd Gurley, <laughs> I'd take that in a heartbeat. Um, so Todd Gurley last year was better than Cam Akers. There you go. Um, so <laughs> what I'm getting at is on this Rams team, even with Jared Goff, I think Cam Akers is going to be a stellar running back. What changes things astronomically for me is now you have an actual quarterback. With yep. Matthew Stafford being on the team, the opposing defenses have to focus on you know the potential of throwing. Everything. That was yeah. something that Jared Goff did not could not and struggled with was that deep ball. So, you know, that really does bring another dimension to this team. And even more than that, something I'm super excited for is Matthew Stafford's proclivity to throw to the running back. If you look at the Detroit running backs over the last 10 years, or I mean, however long Stafford's been there, they have been hyper utilized in the passing game. I mean, you look at Karrion Johnson when he was healthy. You look at DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift. I mean, you look at all these different players who, you know, I mean, Joyke Bell. I mean, I'm trying to think of all these different That's nobodies. Uh, Javid Amir Best. Abdullah. Amir, Amir Abdullah. Abdullah was one of them. You know, these are not very good running backs, but Matthew Stafford gave them relevance because of the pass catching ability. So, you know, Matthew Stafford knows how to utilize those running backs better than any other quarterback I can think of when it comes to utilizing running backs in the passing game. So I think Stafford being there is going to elevate Cam Akers from being, you know, a top, you know, top 20 running back to a top 10 running back. I really think Akers can finish top 10. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to be mm. able to elevate him. There are still questions. You know, what will the workload look like? But I yep. think after showing what he showed last year and the draft capital they put into Akers, he's not losing his job to Daryl Henderson. He's not losing his job to Malcolm Brown. He's the guy. Malcolm Brown's gone, actually. Malcolm oh, Brown so went he's to Miami. Definitely yep. not losing the job yep. to Malcolm Brown. It's, uh, <laughs> they, they, they drafted a running back in the fifth, Larry Roundtree. Maybe sixth. There you but. go. That's that's the uh, the RB three there. Yeah, so but, I'm not worried about him losing. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Cam Akers is a beast. Uh, mm. Sean McVay is not a dummy. It's going to be fantasy gold this season. Well, here we go. Let me hear it. So I traded away Cam Akers because I was worried about him. You caught me when I was feeling very low about Cam Akers, and I still feel very low. When you look at Cam Akers. I see an overhyped player. And it, it's okay. You said he had a good end to the season, which he kind of did. He had two good games is what I see from him. When you say good, do you mean dominant? I mean, two sixteen point four 16.4 points and 21.4 points. So week 14 against New England, that's dominant. But that was the only week where he rushed over 100 yards. He only had two touchdowns the entire season. There's only three games where he had more than 15 carries. It, 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 I don't, I, I haven't seen enough yet for me to, to put complete faith in him as the three down back. We saw last year that, that Sean McVay played hot hand. I can see, I think that we're going to see a hot hand over Cam Akers finishing top 10. I think there's a, there's a higher chance that we're going to be seeing a split between Henderson and Cam Akers before we see Cam Akers finish finish as a top 10 running back in the league. I just, I didn't see enough from him. 
and his durability scares me. He's, he was very injury-prone last season. The 17-game season as well, I just I, I think that Daryl Henderson's going to be utilized more than most people want to. I think Cam Akers is going to be a good running back, but I don't see him as a top 10. I don't see him as a top 15. He probably makes the top 20 list. Yeah, Andrew, I'm going to be honest. Right now, you sound like the kind of person who was out on Bitcoin at $5,000. You know, oh, no. I, I think, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, I think you are looking at this as an extremely risk-adverse situation, which I get. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's not the attitude you need to take if you want to win a championship. You know, I'm trying to find you players that are diamonds in the rough. I think Cam Akers is the kind of player that people aren't necessarily thinking of as that breakout. And I think he's the one that can bring you to the championship. You know, I think he's right in that cusp of what people can expect and just a little bit of risk. But if things break right, I mean, you have this year's James James Robinson. So, you know, I I get that. Um, And I think you're right. You know, there are a lot of risk factors. Too many. But so does every single running back. You know, I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but there was only like three running backs who played in every single game this past yeah, season. That, um, that's true. It's no, I, I doubt any of your running backs are going to play all 16 or all 17 games. It's just not going to happen. That's not how it works. Yeah. And I'm but not going to I see acres not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just see more of a split than anything. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm going to take my shot. On Cam mm-hmm. Akers, I absolutely understand why you were down on him. Uh, next up, I have the Jaguars skill players. I'm very excited for this team with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. You know, as far as fantasy football goes, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm not very excited. All right. I think this team is, you know, another year or two away from having fantasy relevance. But I think Trevor makes him dangerous. You know, similar to how we saw Justin Herbert last season. You know, he threw the ball to like seven different pass catchers each and every game, uh, which is the trait of a really good quarterback is not necessarily relying on the best player to make the catch, being able to utilize who's open. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be like that. You know, he's got a bunch of different weapons. You know, he's got Chenault. He's got Tim Tebow. You know, he has Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> he has Char- DJ Char- Chark. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. James Robinson, ETN. These are all pretty competent wide receivers. Not great, but it's competent. So I think now that they finally have a quarterback, I think you will see glimpses of what could be great in this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited for the future. You know, I, this is more of a, a long-term excited. Uh, and in Dynasty, this would be the year where you start trying to... Picking them up. To pick them up. Because mm-hmm. after the season, after you see this Jaguars team in motion... I don't think we'll be able to get that discount. So DJ Chark is a player I would believe in long-term ETN. He's a player I'd believe in long-term, you know, he's going to be the pass catcher. And I know we talked about this in our draft recap. I really do see him as kind of an Alvin Camaro light. So he doesn't need a ton of touches to be effective. And I I think, I think he'll be able to do some damage long-term. But Jaguar skill players are people, you know, as a whole, I'm pretty excited about moving forward. Mm. All right. Uh, I agree with you in in most uh, most cases here. I really, really like LaVisca Chenault this season. I think that he is going to have... Uh, I think he's going to be the, the breakout player uh, in, in terms of wide receivers. Travis Etienne is going to be the number one running back. Um, maybe it, it might not be week one, but it's very plausible that week three, I think Etienne is going to be the starter over James Robinson. And yeah, Trevor Lawrence is just going to benefit everybody. I disagree a little bit. I'm, I'm low on DJ Chark. And I will give my reasons later on in this episode. Oh, Ooh. I like it. Ooh. But yeah, Chenault, I think, is going to be a beast this season. He's going to be the number one wide receiver for this team. Uh, Lawrence is going to be solid. He's going to be that that low end quarterback one kind of fringe quarterback one type of player, I think. And Etienne is going to be a beast. So I like like this team. Do you have Burrow or Lawrence rated higher this season? Burrow. 
Burrow? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Just because, uh, mainly because he's done it before, but I also like Burrow's weapons more. Gotcha. Uh, and the yeah. final player I'm excited for this season, Terry McLaurin. This is a player I just love. Um, you know, I, I've watched him play. Uh, I went to the Packer game when the Washington team with Dwayne Haskins took on the Green Bay Packers yeah. at Lambeau. Legend. Legendary Dwayne Haskins. Uh, and I saw Terry McLaurin live. The dude is a beast. He's a game changer. Scored a touchdown in that game. Uh, you know, he's just built different. You know, he's a team captain, and he's only been there a couple years. Uh, he just does it right. He's a great player. He does everything really well. Uh, you know, he's not a Calvin Johnson. You know, he's not that that freak athlete, but he's really good at everything. He's fast. He's in the right spot, makes the tough catches. The dude's just a really, really good player. His only handicap up to this point has been quarterbacks. You know, the mm-hmm. dude just hasn't had the blessing of quarterbacks. But now he gets Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is just a gift from the fantasy gods. Ryan Fitzpatrick, all that guy does is deliver fantasy points to the team's top wide receivers. Yeah. Do you remember he Eric doesn't Decker, care. Brandon Marshall? Deep. Do you remember when yeah. Devontae Parker went off? Oh, all Fitzpatrick Deshaun Jackson. Does, Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Jackson all, went off. All Fitzpatrick does is crush it. Uh, and Terry McLaurin is the bona fide wide receiver one on this team and is not yep. even close for a two. And, you know, I could argue their that tight end is solid. Than- like all of those players, all of those receivers that you listed, Terry's up there with them. What Better players than Jackson, did I list? I think. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. Oh, talking about? Yeah. yeah, Brandon Marshall. Brandon okay. Marshall's a, yeah, that one's a little different. That I'd be excited I take that if back, he's Brandon but Marshall. Uh, but Terry's no, I mean, Terry McLaurin, he could be Brandon Marshall. I mean, this is what could he be. could yep. do. This will be the litmus test. Fitzpatrick will zone in a McLaurin, and I think he will make him great. You know, I think this is the year Terry McLaurin goes top 12. Uh, you know, right now he's a top 24 receiver in drafts. I think he can crush it. I think he finishes the season as a top 12. He will be a beast. I mean, we saw Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is a bad football player. But we he's, saw a season. He's not a top talent. We saw a season where he was a top 10 receiver. And the, yep. the dude sucks at football. So, yep. I mean, you get an actually competent player with Fitzpatrick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. It's all donuts. I'm stoked. Terry McLaurin's a beast. This is going to be his season. If you have, if he's in Dynasty, try to snatch him up. People this are stoked on him be, right now. Yeah. He is going to be a monster for years to come. Terry McLaurin is the last player I'm excited about. And for people wondering, of this list I've given, Joe Mixon and Terry McLaurin are my two biggest players I'm excited mm-hmm. for from this list. And it's funny because I feel very similarly to Terry than I do. With Mixon, I see Terry as a a top a fringe top fifteen rather than a top twelve. I see him having weeks where he's a finishes as a top ten, but I also see weeks where he finishes top twenty. Ryan Fitzpatrick does benefit Terry a lot, and he he should finish better than position rank twenty, which he did last season. But most mock drafts I'm seeing, and this is going to change. Mock drafts change a lot. I, he, currently, he's the wide receiver 12 in this mock draft, in most mock drafts. I can name 15 receivers that I would rather draft over Terry. That's the issue I have there. So Terry is a top 15, absolutely. Terry is a, is a top 12. I, I, I'm not completely sold on yet. The potential is there. And I, I'm not going to say I'm not hyped about him. But, yeah, I, I'm just not as excited as you are. But... Yeah. Should be good. All Should right. be great. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a legend. Got I like it. Andrew, give me your list. All right. Ready to rip on my list? Here we go. Can't rip on the first guy, Matthew Stafford. Gotta love it. LA Rams. Uh, got traded to the Rams. I think that's the best thing to ever happen to him in his career since Calvin Johnson. Uh, he has a great set of weapons. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Tyler Higby's there if needed, uh, and Cam Akers, like you said. He utilizes the running backs. Um, Sean McVay is a legend, and he's gonna he's gonna get everything out of Stafford that he possibly can. Uh, Stafford doesn't really get anything done with his legs. I think he had a total of 347 rushing yards in the last four years, which is terrible. But I can see a boost in passing production and efficiency. Um, 
Yeah, I, I really think Stafford is going to take a step up this season. He was a streamable quarterback last season with Marvin Jones and Quintez Cephas as the top guys. I think he's going to be a, a borderline uh, starter week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, on that. I, I think Three. he's a better real-life quarterback than fantasy quarterback at mm-hmm. this point. Um, I think, unfortunately, the Rams just have too good of a defense for him to they, need to they, put up yeah. crazy numbers like he did with Detroit. Um, and, and he's the garbage time king. I mean, the dude just thrives in the fourth quarter. He's mm-hmm. in close games now. So, you know, I love Matthew Stafford. I, I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback. In fantasy, I don't know how much they'll need to lean on him. So, you know, I love him. Uh, I think he's a high-end QB, too. All right. There you go. Yeah, but no, I, I'm stoked. I'm excited for this team. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting team to watch. Um, next up, we're not going far. We're staying in L.A. Uh, I got Justin Herbert, L.A. Chargers. And nice. it, it, may be, it may sound like a cop-out, but here's the thing. He finished ninth <laughs> last year. He's going to be top five this year. I almost want to say top three. That's how good wow. I think Herbert is going to be. Yeah. It, coming out of the NFL draft, I think Justin Herbert is one of the biggest winners. Chargers drafted Rashawn Slater, who's my favorite offensive tackle out of the draft. I think he's better than Swell. And they added a weapon that no one's really talking about in Josh Palmer. He is a wide receiver that I'm very excited for this season. He is the Mike Williams replacement. Mike Williams' contract ends at the end of this season. Josh Palmer is already the wide receiver three, and he is going to replace Mike Williams after this season. We have seen Herbert utilize these random wide receivers like Guyton last year, made him Guyton look like a like a pro bowler. I mean, it, it, Herbert's I he's you think he was good last year. He's gonna take a step up this year. Believe yeah, and he has Corey Lindsley. Um yeah. You know, I think that's another important thing to mention is he got one of the best linemen on the market. Uh absolutely. Arguably the best at his position in the NFL, uh, who was protecting mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, once again, yeah. that just bolsters Herbert. Yep, they got a new head coach. They got a new offensive coordinator, uh, Vince Lombardi's grandson. Uh, and every team he's been on, it's been a a a pass heavy offense that that Joe Lombardi's been on. So I expect to see a, a lot of Justin Herbert this season. I can see him finishing top five. I the the bold part of me wants to say top three because we got Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers probably is the top five. So I think there's a there's a solid chance that Herbert's going to finish top five. I think that he can squeeze into the top three. So really, yeah. really like the the direction this team's heading in. And not that great of a defense. So not bad, but not great either. So that yeah. kind of helps out there. Yeah, Keenan Allen. I didn't that. even talk about Keenan Allen. I didn't even talk about Keenan Allen. <laughs> Keenan Allen's gonna, it's so good. Anyway. Yeah. No, moving I love on. It. Yeah, I can't yeah. hate on it, so keep on yep. moving on. All right, running back time. J.K. Dobbins from the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Ingram's gone. Hmm. It's, it's just Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They will share the backfield a bit, like we saw last year, but this does not worry me, just because J.K. Dobbins, even when they did the, the split between Ingram, Edwards, and Dobbins, Dobbins got the red zone carries. He got a lot of touchdowns last season, and the Ravens run the ball a lot. There's plenty of opportunity for Dobbins to get the ball. Uh, Actually, no other team ran the ball more than the Baltimore Ravens last season. And the season before that, it wasn't even close. Last five games of the season, J.K. Dobbins averaged more than 16 fantasy points per game in PPR PPR leagues, which is more than uh, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, other players that that are heading uh, into their second year. I think besides Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins is my highest-ranked second-year running back. So I have Dobbins higher than Antonio Gibson, and you know I love Antonio Gibson. I have Dobbins rated higher than Gibson, higher than Swift, higher than Akers. Uh, And if there's any second-year running back that's going to fit in the top 10, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. I I truly believe that. Yeah, interesting. He's got Lamar Jackson to compete with for for the number one running yeah. back spot, but it's the most. It's there's no other team that runs the ball more than Dobbins or more than the Ravens, and 
Dobbins gets all the red zone carries. Last year, week 11 and on, he averaged at least a touchdown per game. He had one touchdown every week from 11 on, and then week 17 scored two. Yeah, this is an interesting one for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't say I'm more excited for him than what the market is saying he is right now. Um, You know, I I think they're going to back off the running as much as they have been. Um, Because, you know, you really did see a concerted effort to add receiving options uh, and really try to get that part of Lamar Jackson out. Um, You know, they're still going to run it a ton, so I'm not worried about that. But, you know, you do have that workload between Gus Edwards, uh, who, you know, J.K. Dobbins is a much better running back than Gus Edwards, but they really do want to involve him a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Lamar Jackson, Um, you know, I I don't I mean, I think he's great, so I'm not disputing that, but I wouldn't say I'm like more excited for him than what like his ADP is. (laughs) But yeah, no, that's a solid pick. I, I mean, I can't can't hate you on that too much. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's ranked the 16th running back, right above Najee Harris, right below Miles Sanders. That's that's where I got an issue. I I see him yeah. more as a 11, 12, 13. Okay, with with I'm top with 10 there. Upside, I so. would take him above Harris. Yeah. So yep, interesting. I take him above Harris, Sanders, okay. Swift, Gibson, Mixon. I might nah. Yeah, no, Mixon, I would take Mixon ahead of J.K. But, yeah. Okay. Well, right. interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. Here Who's your go. next one? Next one, my guy Chris Carson, Seattle Seahawks. Oh my God! Stop. Yep. You love yep. Chris Carson. I love Chris Carson. I love Chris Carson. He re-signed with the Seahawks this year. He's going to be the team feature back once again. the The biggest issue with Chris Carson, he can yeah. never stay healthy. Right. That's obviously the big issue. We missed five full games last season. Uh, he has yet to appear in more than fourteen games in one single season. However. When he does play, he is a top 10 running back. During the 11 full games last season, Chris Carson finished as the RB7 during those 11 games. That is great. He had a career high in targets last season. Targets per game, I should say. Also, the Seahawks brought in a new offensive coordinator. They want to run the ball more. Pete Carroll said it. The new OC said it. They are expected to run the ball more, and they will be handing it off to Chris Carson. Rashad Penny is coming back from injury, but that does not worry me one bit. So Chris Carson is going to be the lead back. And if he is healthy, he is a top 10. And the the stats are there to prove it. So he's being drafted super low. If you think J.K. Dobbins is super low, Chris Carson, 20th best running back. Man, top 10 is an aggressive ranking, but I think you're right. If he's healthy, I mean, he is a steal in the draft. So. Yeah, I, I yep. agree with you there. Nothing but love, man. Nothing but love. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> if, you, if you think I liked Chris Carson, bet you would never guess that my final running back that I have on this list. Antonio Gibson. You want to take it? No. Miles Gaskin, Miami Dolphins. Oh, God. He, he was the biggest surprise last season. One of the biggest surprises. Uh, James Robinson ruined that. Miles Gaskin would be the second best waiver pickup. Uh, that you can never make last season. He was my one of my favorite players to watch. He's a good rusher, but he is amazing in the receiving game. He finished seventh last year among running backs in receiving yards. He had an 87% catch rate, which is the second best among running backs. And he had the most yards per target among running backs with 8.3 yards. He survived free agency so far. Uh, just because all they did is pick up Malcolm Brown. And I think that yeah. Gaskin has that number one spot locked down. He survived the NFL draft, which was scary. I was sweating. I was very nervous that they were going to pick, uh, you know, like a Michael Carter or something like that. But he survived. He is going to be the feature back. There's actually reports that they they were going to get on Johnson, and then they didn't. And I, I think that the Dolphins are going to make one more push for running back. And if Gaskin survives, He's going to be a hugely underrated running back this season. Todd Gurley is going at, to the Miami Dolphins. Oh, gosh. I, actually, uh. that wouldn't make me that worried. That actually wouldn't make me that worried. <laughs> I, feel, I feel pretty safe if that happens. Uh, Gaskin, if you want to talk ADP, uh, he is ridiculously low. 
He is ridiculously low. He is around, I think he's 27th best. He's around Ronald Jones, David Johnson, Raheem Mostert. Like, that is insulting. Yeah. Miles Gaskin was the eighth best receiving. He had the eighth most receiving yards out of any running back, which is kind of crazy. When, you know, he had more receiving yards than Aaron Jones, Delvin Cook, DeAndre Swift. Like, he was very good. He was way better than most people think. I it, Most of that was under Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, you know, I, I think with the addition of Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell, uh, I, I think that can push defenders back and kind of open up more room for Miles Gaskin to run. Yeah, man. I, once again, nothing but love. That's that's a good mm-hmm. pick. Oh, I'll I'll save the controversial one for last. I got uh, I got to get into two wide receivers and a tight end. I'll pick up the pace here. Brandon Ayuk, San Francisco 49ers. They had a ton of injuries last season. Ayuk had the opportunity to step up, and he emerged as the reliable receiver for the team. Uh, he was really that that one bright spot in the offense last year. I believe that Ayuk proved that he is the clear-cut wide receiver one in this team. Uh, no matter what the quarterback is going to be, uh, whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Kyle Shanahan, he will find a way to get Ayuk the ball. Uh, during his final five healthy games, Brandon Ayuk scored at least 20 points in each game, and that was when Nick Mullins was the quarterback. If he's scoring 20 points per game under <laughs> Nick Mullins... In his rookie year, imagine what he can do with a better quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Nick Mullins. It's kind of close. Uh, Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Nick Mullins. That's not even close. So uh, Brandon Ayuk is the wide receiver one on this team. He dealt with injuries, but you know you can't predict injuries. You can't. I can't just say, "Oh, I'm low on him because he gets injured a lot." So. When Brandon Ayuk is healthy, I think that he can be a a fringe wide receiver one. He is a locked and loaded wide receiver two, uh, week in and week out starter for me. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, And really, he really gets it done in a lot of different ways through the air, Mm -hmm. on the ground. Shanahan is a master at involving him. I'm curious to see what Debo Samuel's role is uh, once he's back. Yeah, Uh, but I still think Ayuk is the wide receiver one for this team. Like you said, sky's the limit. I like it. Yep. All right. Speaking of sky's the limit, I'm going to talk about a receiver that I think can finish. He finished top 20 last year. I think that he is going to finish top 10. <sighs> Travis Fulgham. There you go. Yep. No, it's not. It's not Travis <laughs> Fulgham. C.D. Lamb for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, saucy. He finished rookie year. He was wide receiver 22 to end the year. This year, it's going to be much higher. I think it's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a top 10. I really, tr- I truly believe that. Uh, in C.D. Lamb's first five games, and this is when Dak Prescott was healthy, C.D. Lamb averaged 16.2 fantasy points and over eight targets per game. That is great. After Dak Prescott's injury, there was only one week where C.D. Lamb scored over that 16.2 uh, points per game. Or the yeah, and that's very unfortunate because da- oh man, it just what what could have been if Dak stayed healthy. Um, yeah, the Cowboys, the, the only issue with Lamb is the Cowboys have a ton of mouths to feed, but I think Lamb is going to be eating a lot. They, they have Michael Gallup, they have Amari Cooper, uh, and Cooper is still going to be the wide receiver one on that team, but, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, like, Blake Jarwin's coming back. I think C.D. Lamb is talented enough. He's already the wide receiver two on the team. He's going to take a big step forward, uh, especially because Dak is back. And he's healthy, and he is ready to roll. So this Cowboys offense is going to be very, very scary this year. And yeah, CeeDee Lamb, yeah, uh, top 10. I think he can really, truly believe he can be top 10 this season. I love the pick. I cannot see him as top 10, but man, I think CeeDee Lamb, he's the future. So Mm -hmm. I'll give you top 20. Yeah, yeah. If If I had to make a realistic prediction, I would say top 15. Um, but you know, I like to go bold. Top ten. Uh, Tyler Here Lockett is... or CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Oh, CD CD Lamb for sure. Wow, for okay. sure. I like 
I like CD Lamb over uh, DJ Moore. I like him over Kenny Galladay. I like him over. What about uh, Terry? I, I'll take him over Cortland Sutton. I'll take him over Terry. You would take CD Lamb over Terry McLaurin. Over over Terry McLaurin. When I wow, said that's bold. When you were talking okay. about Terry. When I You're said I can. Yep. When I said I could name fifteen better players than Terry, he was one of the fifteen. I uh, I'd like to bet you. We'll figure out a, a fun bet. Uh, we'll Terry McLaurin to. versus yeah. CD Lamb. That's good. We're we're on the record. Once uh once Brendan is is editing this podcast, he'll he'll write it down at this point. Write yeah, it down. We'll, we'll figure this out. Mark it down. Put it on the record. I think CD Lamb is going to be better than Terry. It's going to be dang close though. Because yeah, they're both yeah. going to be great. It is going to be fun. Saucy. And Hopefully, I hope they don't get injured. Oh, something, something tells me you saved the uh, most interesting for last. Oh, I did. I did. Uh, Logan Thomas for the Washington football yeah, team. That's a good one. Here's something crazy. Logan Thomas finished as the tight end three last season. Jeez. Tight end three. That's how it, it shows... A, how good Logan Thomas is, and B, how <laughs> bad the tight end class was yeah. uh, last season. Even though the Washington football team, they brought in more weapons, uh, or like Curtis Samuel, and they drafted uh, Daimi, forget his last name, they drafted a receiver. Uh, we can, th- there's a chance that Thomas's target share is going to decrease. It was at 19% last year. But I think it's immediately offset by the big plays and scoring opportunities of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that there's going to be loads of more scoring opportunities uh, than the the conservative Alex Smith from last year. So I can see Logan Thomas have an increase in touchdowns. He had six last year. I think he can get eight. I, I truly believe that. Uh, they didn't bring in much competition. The Washington football team for tight ends. So there, there's really nothing to worry about. He's going to be the tight end one for the team. He's going to be a reliable person to throw to. And not to mention, he is being drafted super late. He's ranked yeah. so low That's a in all pick. of these drafts. It, it, it's crazy. Like there, There's players like, like Irv Smith, Tyler Higby, uh. Evan Ingram. Both the New England Patriot tight ends are ranked higher than Logan Thomas. And I would take Logan Thomas over all of them. The disrespect. It's disrespectful. So, Logan Thomas, to uh, to end this, I guess end this episode, can end it here. Yeah, no, I think that's a good spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on, on the flip side, I was thinking, you know, what if we just kind of go through our bummed list quickly? Uh Oh, we could do it. Not really have a super big rebuttal. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like that. I like that because like no one wants a full episode of us being down on players, you know? That's true. Yeah, Go we're, we're here to lift people up. So yeah. next Go up, what we're going to do is we are going to cover our some players we're bummed about. Uh, and I think instead of us arguing about it, we'll hit some quick points mm-hmm. and move on. Starting with my list, uh, Kenny yep. Galladay. I was excited for him to be the wide receiver one for this Giants team. Uh, and they went ahead and drafted Tooney or Tony, a wide receiver who is very yep. talented. Uh, I think that kind of takes away some of the appeal Galladay had of being the target monster. Uh, so that's something that kind of bummed me out and, you know, I think is going to affect my overall ranking of Kenny Galladay. DeAndre Swift uh, with the Lions. Great rookie season, really showed up in a big way. Uh, what happened in the offseason is he lost his borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, and unfortunately, he has uh, good old Jared Goff ahead of him. I think DeAndre Swift is still going to be really good. Uh, this is a great O-line. They drafted and made it even better, uh, but certainly not what it could have been with Matthew Stafford. Got it. After okay. that, James Robinson, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, he yeah. was a breakout star last season. And this season, uh, Travis Etienne was drafted in the first round, and that was the nail in the coffin of James Robinson's fantasy gold. Uh, this team isn't going to be good enough to have multiple really good running backs, and I think Etienne will get the more valuable touches. Yep. After that, I have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Mm, uh, the Bengals made a point T. to draft a superstar, Jamar Chase. 
uh, with their first pick in the NFL draft. Uh, and, you know, because of the draft capital and because of the talent, he immediately becomes the one in this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have enough love for this offense to think they can really bring fantasy value to three different individuals. Uh, and I, I hate this because I really like T Higgins and I really like Tyler Boyd. <laughs> um, but you know, you can't tell me this isn't Aaron Rodgers of 2011. You know, this isn't the green Bay Packers with Randall Cobb, James Jones, and Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Jamar chase is going to be extraordinary. Uh, mm. Of these two, I think Boyd will be more successful than T. Higgins uh, because of the role wow. that he plays. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Tiggins is just a less impressive Jamar Chase. Boyd plays in the slot and is pretty darn effective with it. So do I think they will have moments of, of being really good? Absolutely. They're really good players. That's crazy. But you know, their, their overall fantasy value took a major hit with the Jamar Chase pick. Huh. After that, TJ Hawkinson, uh, a obvious uh, disappointment yeah. <laughs> with yep. Jared Goff coming to town. Uh, Jared Goff has delivered fantasy value for tight ends, uh, but that was with Sean McVay. I don't think Dan Campbell is the same level of offensive genius as Sean McVay, and I hope he proves me wrong. That would be fun, but I think TJ Hawkinson, I think he's going to struggle in this new look uh, Detroit offense. They really don't have a, a solid wide receiver. Uh, Hawkinson is really their wide receiver one. And I think defenses will be able to game script him out. Mm-hmm. After that, I have David Johnson. Uh, you yeah. know, he was a very serviceable running back two last season. Uh, people kind of dismissed him, but he showed up in a really solid way. He delivered week in, week out. Um, with Deshaun Watson being gone, uh, and I, I'm anticipating Deshaun Watson being out this season, that makes this Houston Texas team untouchable. Garbage. Everybody on this yeah. team should be garbage. Um, this is a just a trash heap of a franchise, of a team. Uh, I want nothing to do with this team. So David Johnson went from being on a team with, <laughs> with Deshaun Watson uh, to a team without Deshaun Watson. And that is the difference. That's a big hit. And my final bum is Viking wide receivers. You know, I, I think um, the emergence of Justin Jefferson was huge. Adam Thielen is a superstar. Something that was unique about last season is how just cataclysmically bad the defense was for Mike Zimmer. That yeah. is a very different type of thing <laughs> than Mike Zimmer is used to. He's used to having good mm-hmm. defenses. And that's kind of what he's known for is being that defensive guru. So I really do think their defense is going to take a major step forward this season. And that will reduce their need to be in these shootouts where they just force feed their wide receivers. So this is not a knock on Thielen. This is not a knock on Jefferson. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is going to need to go balls to the wall as often as he did this previous season. So Viking wide receivers, you know, I think people are expecting them to just be the just absolute insane numbers that they had last season. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't expect that. It's going to be a step back, not a huge one. Uh, but you know, Justin Jefferson, I don't think is going to be, you know, a top three receiver. You know, I think he's, he's going to be a more quiet season. He'll still be great. He's still, you know, wide receiver one category, but I don't think he's going to be what he was last season. Got it. Okay. So top, top 10 or no for Justin Jefferson, I would have just outside the top 10, just outside the top 10. All right. Right around the, uh, Terry McLaurin mark, I guess. Yeah. I would rather Um, have Jefferson than Terry, but it's close. Yeah. I, I agree with you on Thielen. Thielen is not going to do as, as good as he did last season. I mean, 14 TDs. Not gonna, to, no <laughs> way. That's going to be uh, cut in half at, at least, if not more. Uh, Jefferson, I still think, is a top 10. Um, I agree with you on most of the stuff. Uh, Swift, not necessarily. I guess he, he takes a hit because of quarterback. But the, the Higgins-Boyd thing, I guess, is the only thing that I completely disagree on. I think Boyd yeah. is the one that's going to take more of a hit over Higgins. I think Higgins is going to do just as good as he did last season. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm wrong. We will we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. Uh, we got a couple months till the season starts. We have a lot to talk about, uh, <laughs> so I don't need to go in-depth there. Here are my players I am not excited for this season. Quick rundown. Ryan Tannehill, he's lost a lot this offseason. Yeah. Uh, he lost three-fourths of his top targets. He <laughs> lost Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Janus Smith. The only exception is A.J. Brown. 
AJ Brown's great, but come on. I mean, <laughs> you're losing so many big players there. Also lost the offensive coordinator. That's a big hit as well. It's a run-first offense. With the lack of weapons, I don't think Tannehill is going to be a, a player that I'm going to target this year. Next up, Russell Wilson. A little bit of a hot take here. Six of the uh, first eight weeks, Russell Wilson finished as a top-seven quarterback. The last eight weeks, he could barely scrape a top-ten yeah. performance. So it, it's a run-first offense that Pete Carroll's really trying to implement. They brought in a new offensive coordinator for that reason. The inconsistency of Wilson plus Russell Wilson's high ADP uh, is, is a reason why I'm passing on him. Uh, Raheem Mostert for the 49ers. That, that's, that's a guy I'm not even touching. Not even close. Yeah. I'm not touching him this season. The 49ers traded up to get running back Trey Sermon. They also drafted another running back in the sixth and Elijah Mitchell. Here's a fun fact about Raheem Mostert. He has less career carries than Derrick Henry had last year. Last year, Derrick Henry had 378 carries. Raheem Mostert, in his entire career, 282. How crazy is that? Uh, Yeah. Not to mention the whole injury-prone thing. They're looking to move on from Raheem Mostert. They want to get Trey Sermon involved. Great pick of a dynasty for Trey Sermon, but... Not touching Raheem Mostert. Miles Sanders is a, is the last running back that I'm passing on. Uh, they got a rushing yeah. quarterback, Jalen Hurts. They drafted a receiving back in Kenneth Gainwell. That's kind of being not talked about too much. Kenneth Gainwell is a very good receiver. Uh, he was drafted in the fifth round, so he should he might be coming in for uh, some receiving plays. They signed Carryon Johnson recently, which isn't that big of a hit. Uh, but Jordan Howard as well. That's another addition to the Eagles that I think is going to really suck for fantasy for Sanders owners because Jordan Howard, he's going to get one carry a game, but it's going to be for two yards and a touchdown. He's going to take the red zone opportunities from Miles Sanders, just like what he did to the Dolphins run game last year. Sanders struggled uh, last year to be that third down back. He struggled in pass blocking, struggled in receiving. I, I just don't see him being a, being a top 15, top 20 kind of running back. Uh, Marquise Brown, this was kind of an obvious one. Um, yeah, he, he just it's on a, a team that's run first. Not to mention the Ravens also drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round, who, who I believe is going to take over that number one role. Not to mention Tylen Wallace, who they drafted as well. He's going to be competing with Marquise Brown for that number two spot. There is a, a possibility that Marquise Brown is the wide receiver three this year for the Baltimore Ravens, and there's a probability that Marquise Brown will be the wide receiver two for the Baltimore Ravens this year. So even if the Ravens don't run the ball as much, he still needs to compete with these two talented wide receivers for that top spot. DJ Chark, I talked about him earlier. I'm not saying that he will not have a big fantasy impact this season, but I think he's being overvalued. I think LaVisca Chenault's going to be the wide receiver one for this team. And as gross as it sounds, I think Chark and Marvin Jones are going to be very similar uh, in terms of stats. I think they're going to be competing for that number two spot on the team. Uh, I just I, Chark is great, but I don't like where he's at in drafts. There are players like Claypool, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith, and Jamar Chase all being drafted around the same as DJ Chark, and I would take most of them over Chark. Uh, last two players, Hunter Henry. I really love the guy, but I don't see a whole lot of upside. Uh, after he moved to the New England Patriots, as long as Cam Newton is the quarterback. Not only is Hunter Henry competing with Jonu Smith to be the number one tight end, but Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are going to see fewer red zone targets than years prior. Because if you're on the red zone, if it's first and goal, you know you get two yards until you're in the end zone. What, what's going to happen? Cam Newton's going to run the ball in nine out of ten times. So when it comes to tight ends, especially in this tier, touchdowns are everything, and Hunter Henry is just not going to get those touchdowns. Last but not least, Evan Ingram, New York Giants. This is a guy I'm not... Ooh. I highly recommend to avoid him. Do not touch him at all. He missed... In, in 2018 and 2019, he missed 13 combined games, and most people blamed, his, blamed the injuries for the reason of, of, of a poor fantasy performance. This season, Evan Ingram didn't miss a single game. He played all 16, <laughs> and he still sucked. He finished 15th in fantasy among tight ends. 
that that's terrible. He yeah, led no excuse. All the tight ends. It's yeah. There's no excuse. He led all the tight ends in drops. He had the most drops out of any tight any starting tight end. Uh, not to mention his catch rate and his yards per target uh, were among the lowest for the starting tight ends. You got Daniel Jones still as your quarterback. You brought in new weapons like Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, even Auden Tate are is going to take away potential targets for Evan Ingram. And I haven't even mentioned the addition of, of Kyle Rudolph yet. They brought in another tight end, Kyle Rudolph, who might not make a huge impact, but he's going to take away a few snaps from Evan Ingram. So and do and not Saquon being Evan. back. Saquon being back is huge. It is huge. It's I'm I'm all out on Evan Ingram. I traded him away. I'm thrilled that I did that. I traded him for Hayden Hurst, and I'm happy about that. Uh. That's saying something. <laughs> That's saying something. Hayden Hurst isn't even the number one tight end for Atlanta. I'd rather have him over Evan Ingram. I'd rather have Tim Tebow. Rather have Tim. There's a at, at least there's God a would be chance. on your side. Yeah, there's there's a, that's. Oh man, <laughs> I can't wait to have Tim Tebow back. That's good times. Oh man. Well, Andrew, that's a pretty good list. I. Uh, it's, it's gonna it's be fun. a. It was fun. It's gonna be a good time getting closer to the season, having oh, these heated yeah. discussions, ranking these players. Yep. Uh, and everyone, yep. thank you so much for for sticking with us. You know, please reach out to us based on you know what players you love, what players you hate, mm-hmm. what you think we got right, and what you think we got wrong. Uh, we love hearing from you guys, and gosh, we are so excited to get into this new season. Uh, let's make this the best one yet. Thank you again so much for listening. Absolutely. Stay safe. Uh, if you can, please leave us a review on whatever platform it is you choose to listen to us on. We will catch you next time.